0: Good morning, morning. it is good to be with you. I'm Pastor Mike for guests and visitors who are with us today, and I'm glad that you are with us. I also want to extend a welcome to our online worshipers with us today. Thank you for your presence and for worshiping with us on this morning. A few things that are going on here. We're in a sermon series. We're working through Philippians. We're talking about rejoicing in all things. And today we're going to specifically talk why we can do that, why we can rejoice in all things, why we can do that. It's because we have a citizenship that is held for us in heaven. And before I explore that too much further, let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for his resurrection. Thank you for the Home that he has provided for us in heaven itself through his death and through his resurrection. Heavenly Father, be with us as we live as citizens of your heavenly kingdom here on this earth. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said. I've learned this thing in life and it's this, your destination determines your path. Let me say that again to you. Your destination on any journey determines your path. Your destination determines how straight you walk. Your destination determines the mode of transportation. Your destination even determines your attitude along the way. Think about it. Do you want to go to Disneyland? Disneyland? What does that do to your attitude? For me, not much. Kevin, a lot. But for every one of us, we have a place in life where when we look forward to it, it just changes our attitude and we begin to run in that direction because it makes us so filled with joy. You know, when we think about our destination, you all have something in your that's within about six feet of you. It is a mobile device, a smartphone of some means out there. It's, maybe it's even in your car to a degree, but it has a GPS mapping technology. It is a marvelous piece of technology that allows us to get from here to there without too many distractions. I know the the old way used to, you'd punch in a destination in western North Dakota, you'd find yourself on a two-track in the middle of January. But they've come a long ways. It's come a long ways. It's, it's wonderful. You simply punch in your destination. And you get your route. You get your estimated time of arrival. And it will even give you verbal commands along the way. I got this harebrained idea that I, I want to travel to Churchill, Manitoba via kayak. And I wanted to see how smart my smartphone was. And so I punched it in. And this is what it said. That's a terrible idea. (laughs) But seriously, what it reminds us of is this, that that when we know our destination, it determines our path. Stephen Covey, he wrote this marvelous book years and years ago called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, And he writes this as one of those habits, begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. So let me ask you this question. What is your vision for the future? Does not that vision direct your present? When I get the chance to meet with couples who are getting married, we talk about what does life look like when you are getting married? What does life look like in the months that are to come? And one of the places that we deal with this specifically is when we talk about finances. I know you, you folks are cringing right now. I, I said finances. But we talk about finances, and what I love about the material that we use is it says this. It asks this of the couple, what are your three short-term and what are your three long-term goals? What is your financial vision for your future? And does that not direct your behavior right here and right now so that you can meet the vision that your heart is casting? Last week I was preaching on the verses that precede what we just heard today in Philippians. I was preaching on the topic, press on. And in those verses, Paul gives us a very clear picture of what is the vision that has inspired him. And he gives us a picture of what that vision is so that it can inspire us in our lives. Let me read some of those verses to you right here. Here. He says this, Forgiving what, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. For Paul, heaven with Jesus is the goal. That is the goal. That, that, that is what he is striving for. That is what he is straining for in, in his own personal life. That is what he's encouraging this church in Philippi to strain for. This is what he writes these words down and why they have been preserved for you and me to hear. So that we know that the, this life everlasting with Jesus is something worth striving for. That changes our behavior right here and right Now, you're not going to be perfect on this side of heaven. You're not going to be perfect on this side of heaven. Jesus died for you. Yes, Jesus forgives your sins of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You're perfectly a saint in Christ Jesus, and yet we live as a sinner in the world, and those two things pull at us. What Paul is trying to say is focus on, on the vision of Jesus Christ so that your behavior looks like the life of Jesus. He admits it even in his own life, that, that he hasn't quite attained it yet, that he never will attain it until Jesus comes. Here he writes again earlier, not that I've already obtained all this word, I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus Took hold of me. It all starts with Jesus. You see, Jesus took a hold of Paul even while he was still an enemy of Christ Jesus, even as he was going out to persecute the Christian church, even as he was fighting and railing against the very will of God, Jesus Christ took hold of him and in that moment changed his life 180 degrees. Is he perfect now? But he strained forward. He pressed on. He looked towards the goal of Jesus Christ in heaven, and he lived his life as best he could, placing one foot in front of the other. It's kind of like this. Um, A few weeks ago, the weather started actually turning kind of nice and then turned bad again. I know we live here, but... A few weeks ago, I finally got out on on my bicycle outside, and this is one of the things that just I absolutely love. It actually it gives me peace. It gives me all sorts of clarity of mind. It it does what I absolutely need it to do. It's fantastic. But this one thing I had to relearn while I was biking outside again: don't look back. When you're riding a bike, don't look back. Do you know what happens when you look back when you're biking? You pull left into oncoming traffic. It's not good. You'll find yourself with Ford printed in reverse on your forehead. (laughs) Don't look back. Don't look back. I I was meeting with... um, Three other pastors, one was from outside this area and uh, two others were were from here and we were trying to talk about um, how do we work with people who are in jail and how do they come out of jail. And as we were talking with one another, this expert from outside our community, he said this, when people get out of jail, unfortunately, one of the very first things that they want to do is to go to the last place where they felt good. Let me say it again. They want to go back to the last place where they felt good. They want to look back. I found that truth to hold true several years ago. I was up in Canada in May. I was up there to enjoy the outdoors while I was up there. I was was with an outfitter, and I got there on on Sunday night, um, and I got to the hotel, this little hotel, in this small little town, in between the lakes of Manitoba and Winnipeg, it was a delightful area. The hotel was good enough and and, and I decided was as we waited for the 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 outfitter to show up that I would go for a jog. I went back into my motel room. I, I, I put on my running clothes. I, I got out of my motel room. And, and, and the other gentlemen I was with from, from the United States, they, they were there as well. And they were discussing, that's the wrong word, they were arguing with some other gentleman who had just stumbled out of the bar. And they saw me and they, they, they clearly recognized that I was an American. I have no idea how they know. And, and they looked at me and they, they said, Do you want to fight? And I thought, I'm going to jail in Canada. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to fight. What are you, a cop? You don't want to know what I do. (laughs) Well, 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 do you want to get a beer? No, 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 I don't want to get a beer right now. No, no, not at all. They said, well, we, we want to go get a beer. I said, well, you guys go ahead. You guys go get a beer. And they said, we're celebrating. I said, what are you guys celebrating? I just got out of jail. We want to go to the last place where we felt good. And I can look at that event and and look down my nose at those gentlemen. I'm not doing that because the truth that they were living in is the same truth that all of us live in. We all want to look back. We all want to go to the last place where we felt good. Paul says don't look back Look forward, fix your eyes upon Christ Jesus, and go that direction. Press on in that way. Here's what I've also learned about from cycling that that I, I also pick up in Holy Scriptures don't look to the side, don't look left and don't look right unless you're crossing a road. Don't get focused on the things that are on your left. Don't get focused on the things that, that are on your right. Um, when I was a child, I was biking down one of the streets, actually, up here in the north side of Fargo. And as I was biking, I was having a conversation with one of my friends, and we were riding side by side. So I was looking like this for a very long time. And, and, and as I was doing this, I, I ran right into the back of a parked car. Over the handlebars, sprawled out upon the trunk. Fortunately, nothing was hurt. But it was one of those things that taught me don't look to the side. You'll run into a roadblock. Your journey will be abruptly stopped. I think we do this as well in life and this is what Paul is beginning to get at here in this particular text. Don't look at the stuff of this earth. This is what Jesus is talking about in the gospel. Don't look at the stuff of this world but throw up for yourself treasures in heaven. Don't look at the stuff too frequently. Don't focus on the the good things in life the good things in life that can quickly become idols, stuff like sports or work or activities, stuff that, that is going on in our life that, that, that it so often gives us joy, but, but when we focus on it, it just becomes another idol. It becomes something that becomes addictive to ourselves. Food and drink, whatever it might be. It can derail the journey that we're on. Don't focus on what is on your left, your right. You need to be aware of it, but you don't focus on it. Focus instead on that one thing, that goal, Jesus and heaven that he has already won for you and me. Paul uses the language of, of, of citizenship to help us do this. He uses this language of citizenship uh, for those of you that have ever been to a foreign country. And by the way, in the hallway you'll find that there's an opportunity for you. It's a uh, Mission Jamaica. I've had the opportunity to go twice. And the, the two times I've been there and I've been to El Salvador a couple times, I've been to uh, another in the, the, I've been to Samoa and, and, and you heard about my Canadian travels. <laughs> and every time I've gone away from the United States, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed the people that I've been, been there with, except for that situation in the bar. Um, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed the people I've met the cultures i've seen i've thoroughly enjoyed it but there's always some a, a yearning deep within myself to return home every time i hear about someone's trip as good as it is i also hear these words coming back at me it's good to be home our citizenship is in heaven that's our home that's what Jesus Christ said he would prepare for us. That's what Jesus says to store up our treasures in heaven. Heaven is our home. Let me read these words to you from, from, from Philippians one more time. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. Let your citizenship determine how straight you walk. And as we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, he will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Focus on him. For heaven is where our citizenship is. When I've done those travels, I've carried a a passport with me, and I've kept very close tabs on where that passport is. It's a sign, it's a symbol that my home is here. In a very real way, God gives to you a passport, a sign, a seal that says, Heaven is your home, and that's where your citizenship is. It happened in the waters of baptism when you are marked with the cross of Christ and sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Here in the waters of baptism, our Heavenly Father, He gives you a promise that by faith in Jesus, you have the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, you have life everlasting. You have this promise. Hold on to it for he held on to you first. Hold on to it and walk and take the journey walking that straight path focused on Christ, loving God and serving the people around you. If you haven't been baptized yet, I'd love to have a chance to talk with you be around after the worship service. But to take this step and receive a holy sign. That you are God's. That He is yours. And that your home is with Christ in heaven. Amen. Let's pray. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you and I praise you for who you are. I praise you for your grace and I praise you for your mercy. Heavenly Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, remind us always that heaven is our home. Remind us that our home is there and that we can walk a path that gives glory to your son Jesus here. It's in his name we pray and all of God's people said, amen.